0: Church, good to have you with us today. As we jump in, we're going to continue with our message series, Sermon on the Plains. Today, I'm going to be talking about creating a culture of honor. We live in a day and time today where definitely uh, honor has in some ways been thrown out, especially within our culture. And today I want to talk about the church because one of our values here at the church is honor. And how do we honor the brethren inside the church? And then look at this. It's different when we go to honor someone outside of the church, someone who's never heard of Christianity, much less walk next to someone who walks in faith. And so today we're going to be discussing those things because value uh, a value that we have here today is honor. And honor is huge. It's huge for the church today. It's also huge for our culture today. And our culture needs to see our witness of what it looks like to have a value of honor. We're gonna start here with Luke chapter six, verse 27. If you've been with us, you'll be familiar with this passage. I've covered this passage a little bit. It says this, Jesus is speaking to those who would listen and he says, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, So he's saying right off the bat here, look, do good to those who hate you. Do good to your enemies. That's tough. He's saying, look, we've got to learn how to hold everyone in a valuable way. That's how you're going to get them to listen to you is by learning to hold them in a valuable way. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. It's something we don't want to have to do. We don't have to bless people that curse. us. We don't want people to curse us. But he's saying, hey, there's there's a value in this. Pay attention to it, right? Pray for those who mistreat you, he continues to say. And then if someone slaps you on one cheek, which the book of Matthew says on the right cheek, turn to them the other also. So what is Jesus talking about? Well, here the scripture says he's standing on level ground. And I, I spoke about this about three weeks ago, this very passage of scripture that when someone slaps you on the right cheek, Offer them the other as well. Well, the right cheek means that it's a backhanded slap. And that is a very disrespectful thing to do. It shows an immense amount of dishonor for someone if you were to slap them. Now, he didn't say if someone punches you, he didn't say if someone kicks you, kick them back. That's not what he's saying. He's saying if someone slaps you, see, there's got to be something with a slap. And that slap is a very dishonoring thing to do. In their culture, it's, it's one of the, the, the forms of highest degree as far as disrespect or dishonoring someone. And so today we're going to talk about the value of honor, that what Jesus is trying to do is say, we've got to learn how to hold everyone in a valuable way. I say this a lot, but you know, a lot of us today in time, we simply listen to respond instead of listening to understand. And what Jesus would have us do is first listen to understand, show value to this person, Now, they may disrespect you. They disrespected Jesus all the way to the point of the cross. As a matter of fact, they disrespected Jesus by pulling out his beard, by spitting upon him and all these things. And when he hung on that cross, what were his last words? Some of his last words were simply this, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You see, he was talking to those who are outside the fold of God. They don't even know what they're doing. They don't even realize who they're dishonoring and who they're disrespecting and, and why. Now church, we have a great responsibility to bring and lead people to Jesus where they learn about honor and what honor looks like. This country was built upon honor. And honor is very, very important. If you go through the military, you are first taught to, what? to honor others before you will ever be honored. So there's this slap that takes place. And Jesus said, hey, if somebody slaps you on the right cheek, offer them the other as well. It's a disrespectful thing, but you've got to find a way to communicate. You've got to find some ground where you can reach them in in their dark area of life. And this is what honor can bring to us. And creating a culture simply means this. It means the behaviors and beliefs, characteristics of a particular social, ethnic, or age group. Now, I don't, I, I, I don't always, uh, like to, to hear it that way. Excuse my phone. Matter of fact, I should probably turn that off, shouldn't I? But what I would say is, is that, that our, our culture doesn't understand, of course, this, this honor thing. They don't understand what, what is meant by and through honor, so Jesus is saying, find that common ground, find a way to to uh, show them honor in some way, some form, some fashion. Now he doesn't say to back up, he doesn't say to back away, he doesn't say to throw your value out the window. Absolutely not. We've got to stand upon the word. We've got to defend the word of God. We've got to defend what we believe and how we believe it. Of course, but there are ways of doing that. So today, as we unpack what these behaviors are and these beliefs, these characteristics, these values are in our church, pay attention. It's going to get deep and we're going to move very quickly. I want us to open our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 18 and we're going to start here with verse 11. Now, I'll be moving quickly through the story of Saul, the story of David, the story of the Philistines, but but stay with me. Go ahead and open your Bibles there and let's look at this because there's a, a great deal of honor between David and and Saul. Now it's mainly on David's side for sure. You remember David he he uh, uh he honored Saul. He respected, he revered Saul. King Saul, if you know the history here, King Saul is the first king of Israel. The scripture says he stood a head taller than everyone. He was a man's man. He was a big, strong guy. He was a warrior. He was a fighter. He had done all these, these great things and would continue to do them for the glory of God. He knew God. God had anointed him through the prophet of Samuel and, and David or, or King Saul had done, done great things. But then when he began to, to go out of his element, if you will, when he began to dishonor God first, then he would start to dishonor his people who he, were, who he was called to lead. And that became very dangerous for Saul. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that he, he even began to prophesy with the prophets. And then he decided he would no longer even wait on the prophets for the sacrifices, just light the sacrifices. I've got, I've got all the anointing on myself. I don't need the people. I don't even need the people of God and that's when he dishonored god and he would begin to dishonor god's people. And so David comes along and and David uh is is a young man. He he is uh uh as a matter of fact he's the least of the brothers. Uh, he Jesse uh, Samuel knows that Jesse uh, David's dad has these sons, and and he has these sons pass in front of him because the Lord has spoke to him that it would be one of Jesse's sons who would be the next anointed king for Israel. And he brings these sons through and says, well, do you have any others? He said, yeah, the least of them, but he's, he's, he's just a shepherd boy. He's just up on the mountain. And he says, go get him. And he brings him down. He goes, this is the one. And he anoints him for God's service. Now, the neat thing about David is David has a heart for God. David is also a warrior. He's not been proven yet like King Saul, and by no means would he disrespect or dishonor the king. He's one of the king's people. But the king noticed the anointing on him, and it brought up this jealousy. Now, I want to talk to you, church, because oftentimes within the household of God, this is the very thing that drives us apart, and this is the very reason we don't honor one another. We don't honor the godly among the godly because of jealousy, because of someone else's relationship with Jesus. I had a man call me this week, and he was telling me his situations, and I, I finally asked him, well, does this this other man that you're in conflict was th- with, does he know Jesus? And he said, yeah, he, he knows Jesus. I said, okay, well, here's the deal. You need to know this. The issue's not the issue. The issue is power, And that's really why oftentimes those within the household of God, which, by the way, the book of Hebrews tells us to honor who? First, the household of God. That's where our honor goes first. And 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 so I I said it's obvious that the issue is not the issue. The issue is power and who's going to have it. And 90% of our church problems today, what happens in the household of God is it comes from jealousy of someone's anointing. And from that jealousy, someone's trying to get... Control and out of that control or, or loss of it or lack of it comes dishonor. And that's exactly what we see unfold here in the story of David and Saul. David will always honor Saul. Saul will not always honor David. In 1 Samuel chapter 18 verse 11, Saul hurled the spear for he thought, I will pin David to the wall, but David escaped from his presence. If you remember the story, David had come in at Saul's request. David had played played uh, the liar, and as he did, uh, a peace came upon Saul, but the minute he quit, he saw the anointing of God, basically, upon David, he became jealous, and he tried to pin him to the wall. You can continue in the story, 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse 10, Saul tried to pin him to the wall with his spear, but David eluded him as Saul drove the spear into the wall. That night, David made his escape. David said, it's not safe around here. In 1 Samuel chapter 20, another chapter away, but Saul hurled his spear at him to kill him. Then Jonathan knew that his father intended to kill David. If you remember, Jonathan and David were best friends, but King Saul was Jonathan's dad. So here's what's going on. We have a problem, one, with with honor, and two, with control and who's obtaining it. You see, when those in control lose control, everyone else is at risk. Let me say that again. When those who are in control lose control, everyone else is at risk. Right? And honor is thrown out the window. And, and, and there is no safe space. There's no safe place to be. Look, women, uh, I've counseled many women. He didn't care if, if you were safe. What did he care? He just cared that you were his. You see, that he had control. If you grew up with controlling parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Controlling spouses, controlling bosses, controlling teachers, right? Some preachers say that control is an illusion, but look, you do you. (laughs) Let me say it this way. But what you do, you do when illusion, or what do you do when illusion is strangling you, right? When control is truly strangling you, what do you do? What do you do? And sometimes we find ourselves in a place of dishonoring, right? A place in, in not just dis, dishonoring, but disobedience. Now I'm going to tell you something about control because control is in opposition to humility. And the scripture tells us that, that God admonishes those who are humble. And, and so control is this prideful spirit that tends to, to leak in. And, and control will never honor what it's supposed to control. If you're a controlling person, here's the deal. It doesn't honor God. Now, there are times when you are called to be the person in control. Let me say it this way. Maybe the person in power, the person that has to make the decisions. I completely get that. But but you also need to know that that outside of humility, it's pride. A controlling spirit is prideful. And it's going to be very difficult for others to see that controlling spirit and honor it. So those in the household of God, we've got to remember that regardless of, of what our position is within the household of God, we've got to learn honor God above all things. And that, in turn, will cause God to teach us how to honor one another, to teach us how to honor outside right of our own boundaries, of our own borders. And that's what Jesus is talking about. When someone slaps you on the cheek, the first thing you want to do is slap them back. You just dishonored me. Let me dishonor you. Let me show you what I can do. And Jesus says, wait a second. No, no, no. Control's an illusion. You're trying to get control of the situation. Let me help you with something. Learn how to honor the way I honor. Right? See, control operates out of the spirit of fear. And a lot of people in our lives, they want to control the situation. And so the way they do that is to put this, this fearful concept in front of us. Look, we're, we're seeing it happen rapidly. Uh, throughout, not only within the church, but especially in our culture today. COVID, right? Let's keep them in fear. The, the Black Lives Matter, keep everybody in fear. The, all these other things that our cultures, that our culture is running with, what's it supposed to do? Create this fear so that they can have control. Look, and I'm going to tell you something that comes from a prideful spirit and a very dangerous spirit, and it's not of God. It's simply not of God. There's no humility in it. There's no willingness to serve. It's serve me before anyone else, and that's a dangerous place to be. Honor and control will describe our behaviors and our beliefs within our relationships. I want you to hear me. Honor or control oftentimes describe our behaviors and our beliefs in our relationships. Some people are simply controlling in every relationship they're in. I'm going to control this. I'm going to control this. And other people are actually humble, and they're looking at how can I honor within the relationships that I'm in. Two very different types of people, and both of these types of people can be found within the church walls. Let's continue on. Saul and David. 1 Samuel chapter 16. I'm backing up a little bit here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome, speaking of, of David. And the Lord said, Arise and anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah, and the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. So now the Spirit has left one of God's anointed and gone over and anointed another one, a young man by the name of David. See, what do you do when the Lord changes things? How do we act? How do we react when someone else now has the anointing that you once had? How does that make you feel? For us among the brethren, oftentimes, like I said, we get jealous. And that's what happened with King Saul. And in his pride, he couldn't see that happen. And that's a dangerous place to be. Now, David, David, on the other hand, remained humble. In the very next chapter, what you see is that David kills Goliath in chapter 17, the giant. And the scripture makes it clear that David, he was small in stature. He was the least of the brothers. He was just a shepherd boy. He was a servant. He was taking snacks to his brothers in the battlefield when this unfolds. And there is a giant who stands in control of the battlefield. How many times do we see those people who, who are so prideful, who have no humility, who are in control, right? How many times does, does that tend to make us nervous? See, because we know at any time, man, they they just gonna, they're our giant, right? They could do anything. They could, they could terminate my employment. They they could uh cause fear through slapping me on the right cheek or punching me or doing terrible things to me. There's times when when that's our giant that's out there. And 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 why does God say honor? Well, I want you to see how David honors those outside the fold. Now remember, David comes in and he says these words. He says, wait a minute. Who is this Philistine who defies the armies of the living God? Who is this Philistine that's this defying the armies of the living God and and when he's told he's like well we have God on our side why doesn't someone go out there so David eventually does but for 40 days this giant stands out there and he places fear in the hearts of of all men and church look Israel has a king And this king, King Saul, is at the battlefield, and yet he is even afraid. And because he is afraid, his men who should be on the battlefield are also afraid. So here comes David. He's delivering refreshments, some cheese, right, to the soldiers. And he's asking them, wait a second, why are y'all unwilling to go to battle? Don't you know that the Lord God himself is with us? Verse 45, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted to this day, or this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and I will remove your head from you. Now, when I talk about honoring your enemies, honoring those who persecute us, I want you to see what David did. David went out there, and it doesn't sound very honoring, right, to kill the giant. It doesn't sound very honoring to say, the Lord God is with me, and I will strike you down, and I will remove your head from you. How is David honoring his enemies in this way? Well, I'll tell you how he's honoring his enemies in this way. He's removing their problem as well. He's removing their problem as well. This, This guy is in opposition to God. He's in opposition to everything about God. And so David is anointed to go out here to this battlefield. And David basically tells Goliath who God is, and he honors his God first, and then how God brings justice through David, David is fine with that. And sometimes we need to do the same. Sometimes we need to defend what's right, oppose what's wrong, offer grace because we're all broken. Sometimes God calls us out, beyond our comfort levels. And we have to first honor him. We have to be willing to go. See, you will recreate the environment that controls you. And if God controls you, that's the environment you'll recreate. It'll be an environment of love. It'll be an environment of honor because God first honored us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That proves his love for us is what the scripture says. God is an honoring God, honoring us. And we too should honor him first and foremost before any and anything, anyone or anything else. That's what he's calling us to do. And this is what David did. He he defended his God first. Who is this man who defies the armies of the living God? I am going to defend my God. And that's being honorable to God and God first. So Saul created fear. His entire army was fearful. David was confident in who his God was and who he was in the Lord's eyes. Saul was controlled through fear, but David was controlled through his confidence because of his relationship with his God. And under the right circumstances and the right amount of pressure, look, all of us can be controlling, no doubt. But we first must be controlled by our God who honors us And we should have an honoring spirit among the brethren. You see, what you feel oftentimes feels like the truth. See, what you feel is powerful. And and you may think that it's legitimate. But I'm going to tell you something. It's not always true. You can't always go by your feelings. You've got to go by the Word of God. And the Word of God tells us that oftentimes when we're dishonored, we want to lash out We want to jump out. We want to step out. But is it for our sake or is it for the sake of God and his gospel? Is God still on his throne in our life or are we on the throne? See, oftentimes what we're defending is simply ourselves instead of defending him. And when David stepped on that battlefield, he his first and foremost thought was, I'm doing this in the name of my God. That's why I'm here. And I'm first going to honor God. Let's keep moving. You see, Jesus is reminding his disciples in Luke chapter 6 that regardless of what others do, it should never change who you are. Now, regardless of what everyone else is doing, it should never change who we are because we are affirmed in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And for David, regardless of of how he felt, he was the anointed one. He never quit honoring Saul. He simply listened to the Lord and did what the Lord said to do. He understood that Saul was supposed to be a part of the fold of God. Saul was originally a part of the fold of God. Saul was leading an army, and that army was to be a part of the fold of God. And this is a great, great story to talk about what honor looks like, because uh, when you look at, at David and David stepped out onto the line, what does he do? He steps out on that line and he calls out the enemy. He identifies the enemy because he first honors his God. But the second thing that you're going to find David do throughout this story is that he never quit honoring Saul. Saul wouldn't honor David, but David honored Saul. There were three different times that, that Saul that David had the opportunity to kill Saul and he didn't. He said, who am I? To kill one of God's anointed. In other words, this man was anointed by God at one time. I'm going to honor him. He led God's people at one time. I will honor him for the rest of his life. I'm going to honor him. You know, the scripture reminds us in Timothy, as Paul writes to Timothy, that like elders or those who preach the gospel are worthy of double honor. That there's there's a gold, there's an enrichment that they pour out among the people of God in order for it to be honored. And I don't say this so that I'm honored. I've got to keep myself in an honorable state. There's a lot of things out here that I could I could become very dishonored, and and, and dishonor many many people uh, because of the political strife in this country. I I believe we've got to start identifying these enemies and start honoring our God. And and showing people that, yes, we hold you in a valuable way, but when you're wrong, you're wrong. When babies are dying, you're wrong. And we've got to stand up and honor our God first. David honored his God first, and in doing so, God gave him the power to honor King Saul, even when Saul wanted to pin him to the wall. Even when Saul's army surrounded David and David was in that cave in Agilom and he would pen those famous words, Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. In other words, my God is always here, whether it's in the darkest place of my life or I'm standing out in the light being rewarded for the many battles I've won, it doesn't make any difference. Because my relationship here is the most important. And that's why I can honor God first. And He teaches me how to honor His people. It's critical. It's critical, this thing known as honor. A double honor. When we honor one another, we honor God. And that's so important for each and every one of us. And so here we are with David. David begins to experience a lot of success, and Saul falls farther and further into madness. Saul becomes excessively jealous of David. Now, let me say something about jealousy. Really, jealousy is the root of all evil. Jealousy will cause you to think things of others, and you'll never be able to honor them if you have a jealous spirit. Jealousy brings things to mind that aren't even true. Jealousy causes people to talk about one another. Jealousy is the reason why people run others down within the body of Christ. Jealousy is evil. And this is what was happening with King Saul, but David kept his heart pure. And David talks about the purity of heart as he writes Psalms. The purity of heart, keeping his heart pure towards God, it helped him keep his heart pure towards men. And especially those of the household of God. Saul continues to become jealous. Saul tries to control David by setting him up for death in battle, right? Throwing spears, a long-term manhunt. But Saul's attempts to control David, they never worked. Why? Because David maintained honor of Saul throughout all of their relationship, yet he was never controlled by Saul. He was simply controlled by his Lord. And the only way for you to be controlled is for you to step down from your royal anointing and begin to identify and, and no longer identify as kings and priests, sons of God, women of God, children of God, and you will if you step down from that anointing then then get ready because something another spirit is going to attempt to control you. And when that spirit controls you it'll bring you to a place of jealousy and when you get to that place of jealousy you will no longer have a spirit of honor upon you. And that's where we are today in many of our churches. And not just in our churches, in our culture today. We no longer honor the brethren. See, uh, David understood the importance of honor. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do what I say. You'll obey my commands. You know how many times he says this in Scripture? He says that four different times in Scripture. He's making a point that that as we love God, we learn to love each other. As we love Jesus, we do what He says. If someone disrespects you, don't disrespect them back. Find a way to minister to them and their pain because the reason they did it is not because of you. It's more than likely because of them. It probably is a spirit of control that has fallen upon them. The issue is not even the issue. The issue is I want to control the situation, right? Who's the most powerful person in the room? Is it the one yelling for control or the one who remains in love? It's a great question for all of us today. So let's talk about how we can unpack this. The first thing I would say, churches, we've got to come back to understanding the value of honor. Honor is found all throughout Scripture to honor God, to honor the brethren, to honor the household of God. And watch, even attempt to honor those who are on the outside of the household of God. Second Timothy 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. So when Jesus is standing on level ground, He's making a point here that I am the one on the level. And the way I stay on the level is not out of fear, but out of power, love, and self-control. That's how I'm able to stand on level ground. You know, I wrote that scripture down some years ago when I was going through a stressful time in my life, and I said, if anyone in the room needs to have a sound mind, it should be me. I should show them through honor, honoring first God, and honoring the brethren, right? I didn't have to be in control. God needed to be in control, and He still does today. So I would say this, learn to honor Look, sometimes conflict is necessary, and I'm going to encourage you, don't back away from it. David didn't back away from conflict. He stepped up to honor his God. Who is this Philistine? Right? He stepped up, and in doing so, though, he had self-control. He didn't go off the charts. He didn't go start riots and all this other. You know what he did? He took care of the problem. He honored his God first. David knew who he was and who his God is. And he stayed under his anointing. The second thing I would say is learn to hold people in a valuable way. We say this all the time here at Harvest Connection. See, uh, we connect to God. And as we connect to God, we connect to one another. We've got to learn how to hold people in a valuable way. And I'm going to tell you something. It's impossible in the flesh. It's impossible for me to hold everyone in a valuable way in the flesh. But in the Spirit there's a possibility as I honor God in my spirit, there's a possibility that I have to honor everyone, to honor everyone, especially those of the household of God. First John says, perfect love cast out all fear, keeping your love on his huge church. David simply loved God. He loved his people. Sound familiar? I think Jesus told us the greatest commandment sounded something like that. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, that's our that's our main scripture here at Harvest Connection. It's the scripture that keeps us connected. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Stay connected and honor this way. And guess what? You'll learn to love your neighbor as yourself. And the third and final way that I would apply this message this morning is learn to to respond appropriately. Guys, this is a big problem in our culture today. Our culture does not know how to respond appropriately. We don't know how to stay on level ground. We shout, we yell, we dismember. We, we do all these things that, that create division. And, and what happens is we swing the pendulum all the way to these extremes where no one is able to communicate anymore. And I would say we've got to learn to respond appropriately. And one of the ways we do that is we learn to listen. You know, Jesus starts this out by saying, those who will listen to me. He doesn't say that everyone will listen to him. He says, those who will listen to me. And so we need to learn to listen to understand instead of listening to reply. We live in a in a culture that debates everything. We live in churches that debate everything. I'm going to tell you something that's undebatable is the Word of God. We shouldn't be debating and dividing over the, the Word of God is simply the Word of God. Now, now here's the thing. I understand there's some interpretations and other things, but we should never disrespect God and His Word. We we start there, right? But but let me say there's a lot a lot of times that I'm listening to reply instead of listening to understand. And if we'll go back. And learn how to to listen to someone. One of the ways you can do that is repeat what they say. It doesn't mean you have to believe what they say. To say, hey, let me make sure I'm understanding you correctly. You're taking this position because of this. Once you hear them, normally it helps them to come down and stand a little bit more level. Now, if they don't know Jesus, they're going to be off the level anyway. But let me say, we've got to have a conversation here about that, most importantly as well. I want to invite you into a relationship. Somebody who, who is the prince of peace that as they come into your heart will give you a peaceful thought. Not a irrational thought like Saul when the anointing left him. But peaceful thoughts. Uh, David makes it clear in the 23rd Psalm that, that God causes him to lay down beside what? Still waters. Quiet waters is another translation. See, when we learn how to respond appropriately, when we learn how to listen to understand and then reply instead of listening to reply, right? then what happens is it brings everyone to this place of common ground, if you will. And hopefully to the most common ground, the one that created the ground, Jesus Himself, who was here from the foundation of the world, who when He spoke, the world was created. You know, if we're all created in God's image, then we ought to learn how to honor His image. Church, it's been good to have you this morning. And I want to encourage all of us to remember one of our greatest, greatest values here at Harvest Connection is the value of honor. And I thank God that we honor Him first and He teaches us how to honor others as He chooses, not as we choose. So those who are out there trying to gain control, let go of control. And how about this? You fall on your knees, or we all fall on our knees today and honor God. And watch how He causes us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. Let's pray.